Hello and welcome to the PFFA pod. Uh, I'm Kyle McLowry. Um, I'm starting to get better introductions. I'm not even going to say who I'm with. You do your own introduction, okay. so go for it. Yeah, my name's uh, Matt Coffey. I'm a member of Portland Fire and Rescue, uh, Local 43. Uh, as Kyle and I were talking before the podcast, mm-hmm. this is my third time now being on. So I think most Portland firefighters probably uh, know who I am. And then uh, in this case, I'm also representing uh, the research uh, that a number of locals in the area, Vancouver, Gresham, Clark County, mm-hmm. uh, Clackamas One, um, have all participated in. So, yeah, I've got about 18 years in service, okay. uh, a little shy. And you are you still on probation over there at your threes? Yeah, that's correct. I just promoted here in uh, March. So how much how much more time you got over there before you're... Probably come? another eight months or okay, so. Okay, so still pretty new still. Oh, yeah, brand new lieutenant. Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations on that again. Thanks. So let's just start with something maybe from the 10,000-foot level of, of uh, your, your, uh, process, your project or your thesis, and um, we'll see what sort of information we can, we can get down into. I'm sure it's going to get uh, deep. It'll be, I'm just going to try and keep up. But, uh, yeah, uh, why don't you go ahead and just start and let, mm-hmm. me know, let us know uh, the basic overview, over, overarching ideas that you came, up, came, came away with. Yeah, well, uh, first out the gate, uh, just a big thanks to the memberships of the different departments, the different locals here in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this research went uh, well beyond Portland Fire and Rescue. It started there. And mm-hmm. then the relationships uh, that are already well established between the locals, um, I took advantage of those. And so lo- Local 43 put me in contact with Vancouver, Gresham, uh, Clackamas. Mm-hmm. And we ended up talking to Clark County Fire and Rescue, uh, Clark Cowlitz uh, Fire and Rescue, mm-hmm. and Fire District 6 up in Clark County as well. So you got some responses from all those different jurisdictions? Yeah, it, w- it was great. Uh, again, thank you to all the memberships. Uh, thank you to everybody uh, who put time into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge thank you to the union officers uh, of the different locals. Uh, I know uh, you all are very busy. Um, I got a, just a smidge of an insight into that. I'm mm-hmm. uh, working with uh, with you, Kyle, mm-hmm. uh, and then with other officers and other locals. Uh, thank you for your time, for uh, giving some priorities to this. And also all the membership who took time to fill out the survey. Mm-hmm. So thank you. We did this. Mm-hmm. This is a major effort uh, for mental health for firefighters, mm-hmm. and it was successful. We ended up getting 284 responses. Great which is awesome. This is a master's level thesis. Uh, mm-hmm. This is part of a program that I'm in at Lewis and Clark College uh, to become a mental health counselor. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of a capstone type thing um, at the end. Uh, it's also actual scientific research. So even though it's at the master's level and it's happening through a school and I'm a student, all those kinds of things, uh, this data uh, should end up going out to psych world. So it'll probably most likely end up being published um, in an academic journal mm-hmm. and potentially in some fire service publications. So that's mm-hmm. a direction we're heading in uh, mm-hmm. that a lot of us, us being the thesis committee, are kind of excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's thresholds of responses that allow us to do different things statistically. Mm-hmm. And the ability to do some of the deeper statistical analysis uh, highlighted a relation relationship mm-hmm. between meaning and life human relationships, and suicide and burnout. Mm -hmm. Turns out those were the highest uh, correlations, as we say, uh, out of the entire study. So basically the big takeaway uh, is twofold. Uh, One, this is mainly a clinical study. So this is to help we clinicians better learn how to serve our clients in the future, get a better understanding of what happens in a firefighter's life, not Mm -hmm. just a generic American's life Mm -hmm. or human's life, Mm -hmm. because we are a very specific population Mm -hmm. with some very specific considerations. We are very hard to treat 
uh, right. because we are so different than the general population. So right. this study helps us clinicians highlight what we should focus on. Mm-hmm. The Perfect. Sec- yeah, the second takeaway, uh, the simple answer is take care of your human relationships. Perfect. Isolation is the enemy of mental health. Mm-hmm. Again, that's one of those things like meaning in life where we all kind of have this sense of what it is for us personally. And that's not a big shocker to say what I just said about human relationships. Mm -hmm. But on the clinical side, it helps us highlight when I'm looking at a client. And this actually has been my personal experience with a lot of my clients. When I look at my client, I can look at them through a Western psych perspective, which basically assumes that this depression or this anxiety or the suicidality is something inside this person. It's something that we're going to get at. Uh And there's a completely different, almost Eastern perspective, which mm -hmm. is is outside the person, Mm -hmm. which these emergent phenomena, sorry for the geek language, Uh these emergent phenomena show up as depression. It shows up as suicide. But what Uh is it? It's actually the result of other processes happening around the person. Right. So I don't mean to sound so woo-woo, but... What I found clinically uh-huh. myself with my clients is that when I took that second perspective and started looking around going, why are you angry all the time? Mm-hmm. Particularly when, like, let's say anger is something that person wants to work on or mm-hmm. anxiety that some uh, something a person wants to work on. Why are you so stressed out? And this is the voice inside my head, mm-hmm. my clinical voice. Why are you so stressed out? And I start conceptually looking around their life that they're sharing with me. And I go, huh, you don't have a partnered relationship. Right. Huh. Your dad tried to kill you when you were a little kid. Huh. I'm starting to see where these things are coming from. Right. And it reframes the problem. Sure. So sure. to get back on track a little bit, as a clinician, what this study does is it says, when you, hypothetical cl- clinician, are sitting across from hypothetical firefighter mm-hmm. who's presenting with whatever mental health outcomes, right. clinician, pay attention to their relationships. Because in other populations sense of meaning might be tied to purpose in life. It might be tied to job success. It might be tied to these Mm -hmm. other things. And it is for us too. Mm -hmm. But for us firefighters, hey, clinician, pay Mm -hmm. attention to the relationships because if that firefighter's relationship is bad, probably nothing else in their entire life is going to be going well. There may be other factors contributing to that and that perhaps those relationships were good for a while and then there's contributing factors that have led to some aggregate of experiences that has then led to things sort of going off the rails a little bit. Yeah. Can yeah. I back you up real quick? Sure. As I listened to you talk about that, it sort of brought up a bunch of things. Um, so you were sort of um, distinguishing between, I think you said Western, the Western psych w- w- uh, model where you're looking at their background and what is, so you're peeling back the onion to yes. try and figure. So that's just part of the human condition, trying to peel back the onion of their ha- their, his- their history, their past, and how that's rippled into their, their, their uh, present. So f- for dealing with firefighters, um, I assume you have both of those. You st- everyone is still th- has a human condition of what those past issues may be. But then, is that distinguishable? I know this is probably too deep. Um, no, it's we'll not. It's right in line with the current, very current debate in mental health. Uh, okay, so then you have that original, I guess, like family and of origin uh, type stuff, and your childhood, etc. relationships with your, with your family, um, then overlaid on top is the experiences firefighting. I mean, um, I suspect maybe the people like yourself who end up working with firefighters just have to then put both those together. Is that um, something? Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, unrelated in a good way to the study, but I think it's probably worth delving into just slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was riffing off there about, you know, hypothetical clinician looking at hypothetical firefighter, mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is medical model mm-hmm. versus wellness. 
Mm. And so this shows up all throughout our society. Any part of our health, whether it's mental health or physical health, this is this debate is showing up where you have medical model, which has discrete diagnoses, mm -hmm. attacks symptoms oftentimes, mm -hmm. and has an idea that there's a standard of health we want to get you to. Mm -hmm. Wellness says there's these fundamental pervasive factors that can be hard to pin down sometimes and oftentimes most of the time have a very low effect day to day right but at the end of the day they are your health and so an obvious one that we all know about uh, in the fire service is like diabetes and sugar and insulin so if you're on the standard american diet so i'm talking from the wellness perspective if sure. you're on the standard american diet and you're drinking cokes and eating mm. hamburgers mm. you're killing your health you can't see it day to day but 20 30 years of that and you've got the diabetes yeah Medical model says, well, we'll just bump up your insulin. We'll start treating some, some symptomology. Totally. Yeah. And so that's a very simple example that we all know about. But cause, that's a, cause versus symptoms. Symptom cause versus cause. symptoms. Yeah. So mental health, okay, here's an opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mental health can work the same way. Uh -huh. So there are some things like schizophrenia that come out of neurological, biological kind of sources. So I'm not denying the med model. The right. med model is very legit. It's yeah, done us a ton of good of over course. the last hundred years. Yeah. Of course. But what it tends to do, the med model tends to ignore the wellness side. Right. And so that's what research like this mm -hmm. highlights. I love it. Would you then consider those relations part of the wellness side then? 100%. <laughs> I figured you <laughs> might right. use that term. <laughs> uh, um, great. This is a great start. Um, I'm not sure exactly where to pivot at this point. Uh, let's talk about some of the specifics then. So you talked a little bit about meaning in life. A little. Now, I know that was a big part of the foundation for the study um let's get a little bit into not i don't want to necessarily delve too deeply into the statistics uh, i don't think that maybe is relevant to everyone out there i'd agree um we can certainly hit them a little bit um but let's talk just a little bit about some of the maybe three or four major things that popped out from your study and um just you know, how, how they relate to us in the fire service yeah, yeah. I think I think we should touch the statistics just a little bit yeah. uh, to provide some context. So there's a thing called a correlation coefficient, the Pearson okay. R, uh, for those who want to who recognize that or want to look it up. And so that's just the degree to which two phenomena are related. Okay. And so that's reflected by a uh, a percentage. Okay. Or a decimal, however you want to look yeah. at. Yeah. So two things that are the same thing turns out they'll have a correlation of one. Okay. Two things that are completely unrelated, that have nothing to do with each other, will have a correlation of 0. 0.0. Okay. It can also go in the negative. Okay. So there's direct proportional and uh, inverse proportionality. Okay. I got the wrong math words there, but... <laughs> <laughs> so that's... I lay that out there because the strongest correlations out of dozens of correlations that came out of the study, because that was a long survey. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Uh, over 60 questions. You know, thank you for those who, who slugged through it. Uh, there's a lot of correlations came out of it. The highest ones were between burnout, the mm -hmm. burnout subscale, mm -hmm. presence of meaning, perceived presence of meaning in life, mm -hmm. thwarted belongingness, which has to do with human relationships, and suicidality. Wow. Okay. And it, again, just real briefly before getting back to the correlations, I want to point out that in mental health world, 
suicidality is more global than just a completed the tragedy of a completed right. suicide. Right. It includes suicide attempts and suicidal ideation. Right. So if you're experiencing suicidal ideation, which is super common, majority mm -hmm. of people experience suicidal ideation in their life, unfortunately. If you're experiencing that, that's considered a poor mental health outcome. That's sure. a negative outcome. That's worth delving into itself. That's all under the umbrella of suicidality. Correct. Okay. So the highest correlations in the survey, again, was this experience of burnout, the presence of meaning, and your relationships. These are the things that are most highly tied to our suicidality. And that was a big surprise. And that was a big surprise. I mean, it seems somewhat intuitive. It was a big surprise because you were expecting it to be something else. Yes, precisely. I thought, uh, like a lot of us thought, that there would be this threshold of calls, and I tend to use the number 5,000, but uh -huh. that's just a number just out of the air. Okay. That's got no, no link to reality other than my own opinion. Let's say there's a threshold of 5,000 calls sure. where we hit it, and for some reason, we all tend to get burned out. Mm -hmm. Statistically, on average, we tend to get average, burned out sure, around 5,000. Sure. So that concept did not show up in the data. Interesting. Yes, and that's why I asked three questions in the survey. Please tell me how many calls you thought you've been on your entire mm -hmm. career, how many fires you think you've been working fires that yeah. you've been on in the last two months, uh -huh. and how many calls on average do you want per shift. Right. That's why those questions were in there, is we thought there would be these thresholds, right. which would then be super useful because you could turn around to administration and be like, hey, be aware when your member hits 4,000 calls, you need to yeah. rotate them out, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. The big surprise was that didn't show up. So it almost sounds like the message to the administration would be not so much about hitting those th number of calls, but really focus on the wellness aspect. Yes. And that's also not a big surprise, um, to me anyways. Maybe it is, it would be to somebody else. Um, but the, the um, those relationships are part of being presence of that wellness model are the things that are gonna buffer uh, burnout yes. and, and add that presence, the presence of meaning. Yes, life. and I want to make clear that when I say that that 5,000 number, and again, 5,000 is a made-up number, mm -hmm. when that 5,000 number, that threshold, didn't show up in the data, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. It's what you just said is very possible. It could be our relationships, our meaning, other factors are buffering mm -hmm. that burnout. Mm -hmm. And I do want to circle back a little bit. We haven't talked about this yet, at least not on, on air, but there was there's a theory uh, that puts these uh, thwarted belonging and perceived burden. We didn't talk about perceived burden yet. Yeah. Um, but um, can you just talk about that theory a tiny bit, and maybe that ties into what we're talking about a little bit, and maybe what the, the what you were expecting, and then where it ended up going with the data. Yeah. Yeah. And those who uh, those who know me know that I'll tend to riff off on things. Uh, <laughs> I love a whiteboard. So <laughs> if I if I start getting too much into the IPTS stuff, just please interrupt what me. What is IPTS? Uh, IPTS is a theory of why suicide happens. It's called the Interpersonal Theory of Suicide, IPTS. Mm -hmm. A guy named Thomas Joyner, a research full-time uh, credentialed psychologist uh, out of Florida, mm -hmm. uh, came up with IPTS, uh, I think largely on his own. Actually, I shouldn't say too much on that because I'm not read his background and how okay. he got there. But in the late 90s, he started wondering, uh, you know, how could we make measures of suicidality more tangible? And so by 2010, he and some of his PhD students had published this theory. And it's based on the idea of human eusociality, mm -hmm. which is basically humans evolved or created, or however you want to look at it, how we got here. Uh, we used to live in tribes of about 150 and mm -hmm. less. 
Uh, is that EU Socialities? Just EU Sociality? Yes, okay. EU Sociality. In fact, now that my brain's caught up a little bit, I think uh, the guy, his name is Dunbar. It's uh-huh. the Dunbar number. I might be wrong about that, but I'm uh, pretty confident about it. We'll fact check you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know when you're wrong so you can change. Um, yeah, so uh, this Dunbar guy came up with, he's a, he's a British psych, and he came up with this uh, number. Actually, I don't think he's a psych. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, he's a researcher, and he came up with this number that says we can't track more than 150 human relationships. That's active, current relationships. Mm-hmm. That's not friends on Facebook. That's mm-hmm. not somebody you knew in high school. That's people you're actively in a relationship with that right now. Mm-hmm. So we used to live in these little tribes, and that's yeah. not an earth shaker for most people. We all right. kind of understand that now. That civilization's about, you know, 15, 7,000 years, whatever old, however you want to define it. And prior to that, we were running around these little hunter-gatherer tribes. Sure. Yep, yep. So human use sociality basically is an academic way of, from biology, of looking at that tribe relationship. Right. So to zoom back out again, IPTS takes that human use sociality, that assumption of tribal relationships, mm-hmm. and forms it into a uh, tangible, uh, I'm losing my word here, there's a... Uh, Anyway, an actionable research concept. Uh, like a, a measure uh, or... Yeah. Okay. So... Um, operationalize. That, sorry. Okay. That was what I was looking for. <laughs> Tangible operationalize. That's an academic word, but it's one that I need to know. Got it. So the uh, joiners studies, and they are in that IPTS, is it a, a scale? Uh, so the interpersonal theory of suicide then has two basic constructs. Thwarted belongingness which is the denial of a mutual supporting relationship with people. You mm-hmm. lost from social connection, which social means kind of a weak uh, relationship in our way we use that word now, mm-hmm. down to like partnered relationships, very tight, very intimate, very bonded relationships. Then mm-hmm. he's including all of that together and say that when you have thwarted belongingness, it means you're, you don't have a sense of having other people that you can rely on, that it's a mutually beneficial relationship, mm-hmm. mutually supportive. The other construct that IPTS has is perceived burdensomeness. And perceived burdensomeness is the sense that you are taking from others more than you are giving. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're not contributing to your tribe as much as you're receiving from your tribe. You feel like you're mm-hmm. a burden. So those two basic constructs then form the foundation for his theory of suicide, which is when you have sufficient uh, perception of burdensomeness or mm-hmm. sufficient perception of thwarted belongingness, you will start to get suicidal ideation. Prior to... This, your study, you may have expected the perceived burden as, aspect of that to be more associated with suicidality. Yes. Okay, and that was not what was what was bore fruit from this from this one. It was yeah. more of the uh, thwarted belongingness and those bonded relationships. Yeah, yeah. So part of the research process for any of us in research um, is you spend a long time researching through what has already been said, what has already been established, mm-hmm. uh, because any research has to rely on what came before it. Mm-hmm. And so part of this process was I read quite a few IPTS studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and IPTS um, isn't focused on firefighters, but the work group uh, that produced IPTS tends to study firefighters a lot. Now, maybe they do it intentionally. I don't know. I'm not in contact with any of them. Okay. But there's a couple of doctoral students who I think are now PhDs that through the early 2000s um, through today uh, Mm -hmm. are just cranking studies out uh, with firefighters. And a lot of these studies and with other populations, Mm non-fire populations, uh, perceived burdensomeness is more highly correlated to measures of suicide than thwarted belongingness. Okay. And it's not an either or. It's not like one is and one isn't. It's just that, like in my study, uh, perceived burdensomeness was correlated to a 0.544, that's the the Mm -hmm. Pearson R, to suicidality. Mm -hmm. Whereas thwarted belongingness 
is correlated to a 0.613. So they're both highly correlated, mm-hmm. but one would beat out the other. Got it. Okay. So uh, that was uh, actually leading into my, ne- my next question as to why you might think it was different uh, in this study, but it, they're, they're, it's, it's, they're both similar, and there's just a little bit of a shifting uh, weight to this one that may maybe uh, happen through those past 20, 25 years with the IPTS studies. Yeah, and and the difference, and this is some of the, like the the tangibility of this research. This research is aimed at clinicians again. Ah, yes. Okay. And so, I mean, the the output of this research is aimed for clinicians. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit for administrators too, but mm-hmm. it's when a clinician sits across from the firefighter, they ha- they can prioritize different things. So, for example, if perceived burdensomeness had solidly beat out uh, thwarted belongingness in this population, then a clinician who, like our clinicians that work for PFNR, mm-hmm. Would know that hey, if I'm in this specific population, this fire population, then perceived burdensomeness is the highest thing. Which what I would look clinically is I could start focusing on existential perspectives. There's ways to like elucidate someone's right. purpose and meaning right. that you're helping them discover their own purpose and meaning. There's ways to do that clinically, like through talk therapy kind of stuff and other ways. Mm-hmm. Whereas if thwarted belongingness is the higher one, which it is in this case, mm-hmm. then instead of going down the road of let's figure out, let's like help you pull out your meaning and find more purpose in life it's Mm -hmm. let's explore the systems around you let's explore your partnered relationship Mm -hmm. let's explore your past history with other people Mm. you could do both of them but like anything there's limited time in session and you got to know what direction to kind of prioritize and see if the client likes it and that's kind of the the takeaway for a lot of this a little bit a little more heavily focused on the bonded relationships yeah i love it that's great no it's great that's really very interesting um just sort of taking it all in. Right. I think, uh, having talked to you a little bit uh, off air, I think there's probably a lot of rabbit holes and deep, deep <laughs> <laughs> that we could probably go into. Um, and a lot of, you have a lot of information just at the tip of your mind there. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm probably happy to jump into some more of that if, if, if you'd like. Um, I think we've got a great, a great sort of overview. Yeah. Is there anything more like in, in the details that you'd be interested in sharing that would you think would be um, just of interest to the folks out there that are uh, listening that sort of are, uh, I guess, interested in, in this particular arena? Yeah, there is, there is I guess, kind of two things. Uh, one from the research, and this is going to get pretty geeky. I'll try to keep it as tangible as I can. But uh, meaning in life, uh, turns out, was mediated by uh, the IPTS constructs. And I won't get into what that means on the math side. It will be way too geeky. Yeah, but, let's take conceptual. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. it was cool to think that this IPTS theory of human tribal uh, relationships is a like more tangible way to explain meaning in that a component of meaning, this research says, my research says, a component, a very strong component of meaning in life is your relationship to others. Understood. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. So we took a step forward, uh, depending on where this can go with other researchers or if I take this farther in the future, uh, we've taken a step forward to, uh, again, operationalizing mm-hmm. or making tangible this very nebulous construct of meaning in life or purpose in life. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. That was a surprising finding. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if I asked you this or not already, but the meaning in life, purpose in life, um, we're talking about that relationship with, others uh does that also fold into maybe relationship interpersonal relationship with a higher power so whether that whatever belief system you um subscribe to um is that something 
that also would be part, I'm assuming, part of the buffering system for meaning? Yeah, I think so personally. Um, and I want to emphasize I'm speaking personally right now out of just a, an opinion. But yeah, uh, Nietzsche said anybody who knows the why of living can put up with just about any how. Uh, mm-hmm. And Nietzsche's like one of the first the existential philosophers, and he gets cited a lot uh, within the clinical side of existential psychotherapy. Um, but I think, I think it's getting at what you're talking about, even though I'm pretty sure Nietzsche was quite the atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, waiting for the Ubermann and yeah. eternal recurrence and all these things. Kind of interesting reading. But anyway, uh, he would echo that. And then to step back a little bit towards the academic side, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Steger was the guy, the psychologist who came up with the uh, meaning in life uh, questionnaire that we used for this this study. Right. It's got a lot of validity to it. Uh, he points out that there are two components to meaning, in his opinion, his clinical opinion, not clinical, sorry, research opinion. Uh-huh. Uh, one is a sense of coherence. And the other one is a sense of purpose. He distinguishes those two. Coherence and yeah. purpose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I can't explain past that. He probably couldn't either, mm-hmm. you know, as far as these are getting into like kind of nebulous ideas. Mm-hmm. But this idea of re- religiosity, uh-huh. it gives you a paradigm. It gives you a framework in your head, your mind, to orient your worldview. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that sounds a lot like coherence. Okay. Things make sense to you. You have a way to explain yeah. things. So yeah, I think religiosity would definitely fit into meaning. Okay. Great, great. So I think you said there were two things. One was this idea of meaning. And maybe you already hit the second. Was there a second or did I, did I miss it? Yeah, the second is like all the way on the other side of the tangibility scale. It's uh-huh. super tangible. And that is uh, we... This research also shows that meaning in life, mathematically, statistically, buffers the impact of burnout and thwarted belongingness. Great. Yeah, so to spin that around, think about the bathtub theory of stress, mm-hmm. you know, the bathtub idea of stress. You mm-hmm. got the faucets putting water into the bathtub, yeah. you got a drain that's draining it, just to make sure we're all the same tune music, and then <laughs> the drain's draining it out. Yeah. It's all cool until somebody plugs the drain, yes. and then your bathtub overflows. And right. so we've all experienced that in life. So part of the tangibility here is knowing that those bonded relationships, once those go sideways, mm-hmm. watch out, your bathtub is gonna fill up. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, two things. One, there's another chunk of research that says our part, our firefighter partnered relationships, when they are healthy and strong, they buffer traumatic stress mm-hmm. at, at the same research level, this you know, statistics level. So when your partner relationship is going sideways, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's not just a hiccup in the road. That's a problem. Focus right. on that. It's hard to know which comes first. True. Yeah. Well said. True. Um, the second thing that's super tangible is the uh, very sad tragedy uh, anecdote that we've all watched. Any of us who've been in service for more than 10 years or so yeah. know of people who they get injured, they go off the job, mm. they pick up an addiction, whether it's to you know alcohol or drugs or prescriptions, that is a short road to suicide. Um, and you know, I'm pausing here because it's like I'm talking about some weighty, yeah. very personal things. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure all the memberships across all the locals are aware of these these events and they're mm-hmm. tragedies. They're awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen some here in Portland Fire. Uh, mm-hmm. We all probably know people that were near misses in that way. Yeah. So again, just like your partnered relationship, if your partner relationship is not going well, that needs to be addressed. When you see your crew member, and this has been said for many years, I, I'm not the first to say this, no. but when you see your crew member, you know of a crew member who goes off the line, mm-hmm. particularly for injury, mm-hmm. reach out to that person. 
Yeah. I can remember a friend of mine who was, uh, we were classmates going through TAC and twos, and he went off on injury. And he has a strong partner relationship. Mm -hmm. He did fine. Mm -hmm. But when he came back from that injury, he was like, I just disappeared to the bureau. Yeah. No one had any contact with me. And I forget how he described it, but it was like, it sucked. You know, I've had a very similar experience talking to to a friend. And similar in that, I think the exact words were, I was completely isolated, and, and it was it was many many months, just no contact, felt yeah. cut off. So, I know again we're repeating some of that message that's happened before, but yeah, it's, it's worth repeating. Yeah, and whether that is just, I mean, crews reach out, and I think that also probably um, that's something the peer support team is going to be involved with. If they are 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 already involved with, but they I believe will be involved, continue to be involved with yeah. trying to make sure those folks that are off on injury. They have someone who at least is checking in on them some regular basis. Yeah. And a lot of this, too, is just proving what we already know, and it's providing validity for what we already know. Yeah. It's kind of like when we were kids, uh, you always hear that term, sticks and stones that break my bones, words right. never hurt me. And that was said in reverse. Like that, The message always was, words can hurt you. Like mm-hmm. it, they're, they're real. It's kind of the same thing here where in the past, if somebody went offline and was isolated, no one really cared. Not because they didn't care about the person, but because – What's the problem? There's no issue. Right. Well, what we're highlighting here is, no, that's a big deal. That right. isolation is very real. Right. And it's deadly. Right. Awesome. Um, super excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, sounds like it's going to be a nice little addition to the uh, the canon of work that's been done, I guess, over the past 20, 30 years. Um before we wrap it up, is there anything else you want to just uh, toss in the mix for folks or anything? I know you did a you did a good job thanking everybody, and you got a good number of folks uh, re- responding. Um, glad that worked out. Um, we got some of the sort of overviewing, o- overarching themes before we wrap it up. Uh, no, just uh, again, that shout out to everybody. Thanks a lot. It's been good to work with other locals, other firefighters across the region. We're all in this together. Um, and also just appreciate uh, Jeff Christensen and Stephanie Kahn, Hans Koch, uh, and Carol Doyle. Uh, they've all been part of my my process here. Super mm-hmm. supportive. Um, super excited to get Great. out and do some good in the mental health area. Great. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. <laughs>